Hi, everyone, and we are so glad that you joined us at All Peoples Online. And, you know, Jesus makes us family. And although we're spread all across the city, even the nation and the nations of the world, we pray that you feel like you are with family today. And we're asking that God would strengthen you and encourage you through this time and through today's message that your inner man would be built up by the living word. Well, here's an, an exciting announcement for us. This week, we are launching allpeoples.tv, and this will be the online home of our streaming resources. So you'll be able to check out our messages, our leadership podcast, our daily prayer meeting, as well as be able to connect with one of our online groups. So make sure you check that out this week. Well, diving into the message here, this is the third week we've been addressing the coronavirus crisis. And this week, I want to talk to you on the topic of trials or are an opportunity for upgrade. Trials are an opportunity for upgrade. You know, I think we're all familiar with the term upgrade in today's technological society. You know, you, you get your phone and you get used to using it, but before long, you receive an email that says you're eligible for an upgrade. And then you've got to think through this whole thing. Okay, oh man, I've got to drive to the store. I'm going to have to pay a cost. I'm going to have to transfer, transfer all my, my data and my contacts. But you know, at the end of it, you get this all new resource with a whole new operating system. And, and it turns out to be a tremendous blessing as it has more memory and it's usually faster and more powerful. Well, it's the same in the kingdom of God. God doesn't want us to just get saved and, and stay stagnant. And instead, he always wants to give us upgrades. But here's the thing. I find that primarily upgrades in the kingdom, they come through trials. I've been thinking about this verse a lot this week. James chapter 1, starting in verse 2. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Here's another way I think you could say this. Uh, rejoice when you face a trial because there's an opportunity for upgrade. Uh, re rejoice when a trial comes your way because there's an opportunity for upgrade. None of us wanted to be in this COVID-19 situation, but can I just tell you, I believe that for each one of us, that will lay hold of it. There's an upgrade to be had. You know, so I was meditating on this thought this week and I started asking the Lord, now, God, would you show me a story in the Bible that would illustrate this fact that trials bring upgrades? And immediately the story of Jesus walking on the water and then Peter coming and doing the same popped into my mind. It's a beloved story, so famous, but... Um, I started thinking about Peter. Uh, this, this summer, I was in Israel, and we actually visited the hometown of Peter, and, and there was a statue there, and Peter looked like just a strapping beast of a man. I, I think so many times in the Bible, we can just start thinking, you know, this person is Saint Peter. They are perfect. You know, the statue in Saint Peter's hometown, he had the perfect hair. He had the perfect beard. His forearms 
were bulging. He looked like some kind of combination of The Rock and like Fabio. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, like that's not the Peter of the Bible. I love that the Bible goes to great lengths to show that Peter was this normal guy. Uh, Peter was so much like us, like on one moment, Peter has all this faith. He's like, yes, let's do it. And then the next moment he's running away. Uh, at, at one moment, he is so loyal to Jesus. Jesus, I'm gonna die with you. The next moment he's like distancing himself, even denying Jesus. Uh, one moment, Peter seems to have this compassion. And the next moment, Peter's like, angry, hateful, chopping off someone's ear. I mean, just Peter is all over the place. And in one moment, Peter's saying the most powerful, beautiful truth. And the next moment, he's saying like the dumbest thing and sticking his foot in his mouth. I, I just love Peter because he so illustrates the fact that, that God uses weak, broken, messed up people that make mistakes. And that just so brings me encouragement. So let's just jump into this story where we see Jesus, the disciples, and Peter in, in this trial situation. So this is Matthew 14, 22 through 24. It says, immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up a mountainside by himself to pray. And later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So let me, let me just state an obvious fact. Just because we walk with Jesus doesn't mean we're not going to have trials. Um, in fact, it's the sometimes the opposite. Like Jesus actually made the disciples, it says, go into this storm. Like he had them get in the boat. They go into the storm. But you're going to love as we unpack this. It, it says this, that the boat they were in was buffeted by waves. And it says that the wind was against it. And, and that word buffeted intrigued me this week. And so I did a Greek study on it. And the Greek word is basanezo, basanezo. And it's interesting because that word buffeted in the Greek is the same word to test. Um, to test, look at this, uh, a metal by the touchstone. Uh, to test the purity of gold or silver by rubbing it against another metal. This wind and waves that were buffeting the boat the disciples were in was actually a test. I mean, it's exactly the James chapter 1. Consider it pure joy when you have tests of your faith. Their faith was being tested. Now, as I looked at the other meanings of this Greek word, I really didn't like them. Uh, for example, it says a question by, to question by applying torture oh, or torture or to vex with grievous pains of body or mind or to torment. And, and, and let's just be honest. Sometimes tests, uh, they feel like torment. They feel like torture. A lot of the reasons that people don't pass their tests is because at the moment, it's so excruciating. But can I just tell you, here, here's another scripture I love that came to mind this week. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and this is the second part of it. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, or that Greek word is also tested, 
beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted or tested, he'll also provide a way out so that you can endure it. This is what I call it. Uh, Every test that we go through has to go through the God filter. It has to go through a filter. God doesn't let a test come to you that he hasn't filtered. Why? Because he's not going to let you go through a test that you can't endure, that you cannot bear. So take heart. Don't give up. Don't give up when you're in a testing. Know that it's been put through a God filter. So so don't jump out. Don't pull the plug. Don't, Don't jump ship. Don't abort mission. Stay in it because God has filtered it and he's not going to give you more than you can handle. So I think about so many tests I've had that just seemed so painful, whether it was my heart problem that I thought was going to kill me and, and left me in pain and left me feeling alone. I think about my mom's serious cancer that she went through. I think about persecution that I've been through. I think about the times that I didn't have the finances, like I had a lack. I, I think about not having a home to live in. But you know, through every single one of those, I've now realized, oh, that was a test. And every time you pass a test, you get to go to the next grade. You get to be promoted. Watch this next verse. It says, shortly before dawn, Jesus. I think you probably noticed it. At night, Jesus sent the disciples out. And now, like in the evening, now it's all the way to dawn. What does that show us? It shows us that the second a test starts happening, we don't always get the answer. Like the disciples had to wait the whole night before Jesus showed up. Why do we have to wait? Why don't we just call it to God and then he answers us? Uh, I thought of several reasons. One is because sometimes his work takes time in us. Secondly, there's spiritual warfare. We don't talk about that a lot, but I think about Daniel and in the book named after him in chapter 10, where he starts praying and fasting. And then 21 days later, an angel comes and says, this, the, the moment you started praying, you were heard. But he says, I was opposed by the prince of Persia, which was a, 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 a demonic principality. And he says, and then the angel Michael came to, to help me. 21 days, he didn't get the answer because of spiritual warfare. Sometimes we're in spiritual warfare in a test. And then thirdly, sometimes God wants to use someone else to be the answer to our test or our problem or what we need. And, and we have to wait for them to respond. That's happened to me tons of times in financial situations where I'm praying God provides something. And then a while later, someone says, you know what? God was telling me to give this to you and, and I'm finally doing it right now. There's some reasons that sometimes the answers or sometimes the response takes a while. We just have to trust Jesus in it. Now, I love this text part. It says, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Now for us, that's just... To us, it's normal. It's like Jesus. Yeah, one thing that Jesus does is he walks on water. Do you know to them, this was a brand new thing. Like no one had ever walked on water before then. And here's what I want to point out. A lot of times we freak out in our tests or in our trials because we don't see a way that God can move. You know why? Sometimes it's because God's going to move in a whole way that we've never seen before. It goes on to say this, when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. We can't presuppose the way that God's going to rescue us from a test or trial. 
Sometimes Jesus comes in ways, or sometimes he has us enter into situations with him that are terrifying. I, I think about a phone call I had this week during the, the COVID crisis with a missionary couple, and they were in a country that uh, was locking down way beyond what we've seen in the United States, and, and they weren't going to be able to leave uh, if they did, they moved out of their house, they could be arrested, put in prison. Tons of people were being put in prison for just going outside of their houses. And they said, we only have three days left of food. And and we talk and, and it is a very alarming and time of tremendous anxiety. And so me, as their leader and pastor, I say, hey, you can come back. Come back to the States. We'll put you in a place. We'll, we'll, we'll give you food. You know, like I, I'm wanting to, to take care of them. And I was so proud of their response. Their response is, we've got to pray and ask Jesus what he wants to do for us in this trial. So they they prayed and they reached out to counsel in their country. And it's interesting. How did Jesus meet them in it? You know, Jesus actually spoke to them to stay. And and, and you know, sometimes that's scary. And and what they said to me is, hey, we know it's not going to be easy, but I could see that once he spoke to them, they now had a peace, even though it, it wasn't the normal, the Lord is my shepherd, he, he makes me lie down in a green pasture with a big full refrigerator. No, they understood this is going to be a challenging situation. But then I start getting communication after they decided to stay. A neighbor showed up bringing them food. Then uh, they're able to go to a grocery store unexpectedly. And then a whole group of women reached out to the wife of this couple and said, would you come and talk to us? And this is a group of women from a different religion. All of a sudden, the door is flinging open. And they were actually joyful in the midst of this trial. Jesus wants to meet us in our trials, but sometimes he does it in unusual and different ways. So then look at this next part. It says this, but Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. You know, we talked about this so much last week. Don't be afraid. It's normal when you're being buffeted, when you're being tested to be afraid. Like that is human nature. But Jesus over and over again says, don't be afraid. Why? Because I'm here. I'm here with you. I I tell you this week, you moms with with small children, you have been on my heart and I've just been praying, Lord, Help them be strong in you. Help them be courageous. Help them not be afraid. Not because there's not situations or challenges, but because you are with them. I've been praying for you that are elderly, that that realize you're in a more susceptible age for contracting this virus and for it really affecting you. I've been praying, Lord, let them not be afraid, especially for you ones that have lost jobs this week. I've just been praying, Lord, let them not be afraid because you're with them. You are the provider. And you are the source. Now watch this. This is where we really get into the, the, the heart of the message. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. You know, I've been thinking there's three types of people that I'm I'm witnessing in the midst of this crisis. Uh, The first is the people that are just panicking. They're just watching the news and going, oh my gosh, the world is ending. This is crazy. They're buying up all the toilet paper. (laughs) Uh, 
They're, they're in absolute fear, and that is a horrible place to live. Then I was thinking, there's a second group, and that's the, the Christians. It's the disciples that are in the boat, and they're, they're crying out, Lord, help us. And, and they're going to meet Jesus. Like, they're going to see Jesus walking to them on the water. But then there's the third group. And this is what I want to be, I want to challenge you to be. The ones like Peter, not, not perfect. Remember, Peter is not perfect. But the ones who are saying, Jesus, I see you doing the impossible in this trial. And I want to do it too. Like, Jesus, you're doing something. And I want to join in with you. Remember, trials are an opportunity for an upgrade. You take away the trial of the storm and you take away the opportunity for Peter to walk on water. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Um, I don't know. I, you know, so, I've heard so many sermons on this, but for this, this time and, and this week, what encouraged me the most is that Peter sank. I mean, that honestly, guys, that encouraged me. I, I've been telling our staff, um, don't, don't bow to perfectionism. Like I think so many times as Christians, we don't move in opportunities because we just, we want to be perfect. Can I just tell you, Peter wasn't perfect. Like, yeah, he started out on the water, but then he saw the wind and then he got afraid and he sank. Can I just tell you, that's happened to me so many times. Like I remember when we were moving to San Diego to come and plant this church and like we sell our home and then we're, we're launching out and then all of a sudden, I can't find a home and I start freaking out and I just start emotionally sinking or I even think about the first night that I was here in San Diego and we didn't have a home and we land in a, in a hotel and I all of a sudden, I'm just looking at the reality like I just left all my friends. I don't know a person here. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough home. I, 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 just, I just uprooted my whole family and that's just normal, right? We, there is a time where we jump out in faith and then we see the world around us and then we get afraid and then we start to sink. Can I just tell you, that's part of the Christian life. Everything that's happened with the light project, when we jumped out to, to buy the land, it happened when we started this church. I just over and over again, I've experienced that. Can I just tell you, that's normal. Don't give up because watch what happens next. It says, he cried out, Lord, save me. Uh, that's one of the best prayers in the whole Bible. Lord, save me. Let's get really good at crying out, Lord, save me. Uh, Jesus isn't looking for perfection. He's looking for people that put their eyes on him. And, and, and you know what? When we cry out, watch what happens next. Oh, I love this. It says, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh my goodness. This is really the main thing I want you to see. Like guys, Christianity is not a philosophy. It's not a religion. It's about a person. A person who actually reaches out his hand and catches you when you need it most. Oh, you know, sometimes his hand, it, it's his warm presence. 
Sometimes it's his comfort. Sometimes it's an emotional touch. Sometimes I, I cry out for help and he puts an idea in my head. Sometimes I, I cry out for help and it's, it's a healing. Sometimes I, I, I cry out for help and it's actually God sending someone else into my life with a word of encouragement or, or a prophecy. I don't know what it's going to be, but he always reaches out his hand when we call out for him to save us. And it says he caught him. He didn't let him sink. And, and I actually got really encouraged by this next thing where, where Jesus looks and says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Why did that encourage me? Because Jesus still grabbed him and pulled him up out of the water, even when he had little faith. Your faith doesn't even have to be perfect. Like, it's about Jesus. It's not about you. Just call out to him. Even with little faith, Peter was still saved. And so then it says, and when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. One of the things that, that helped me so much in life, through so many challenges, uh, through, through some real pain, in my growing up years is my mom would look at me and she'd say, Robert, this too shall pass. I, I love it in this trial that it says the wind, the, the same wind that buffeted the boat and freaked out all the disciples, the same wind that Peter saw and scared him, says the wind died down. Can I just tell you, and you know this, but let me just say it again, the coronavirus will pass. This, this trial will pass. The, the question is, are we going to respond in such a way that gets the upgrade? And, and, and look at the, the next part. It says, then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Here's the amazing thing about trials. When a believer goes through a trial, and then they call out for God to do something, and then the miraculous happens, when other people see it, it results in the worship of God. I want my life more than anything to bring God glory. I know that's your heart too. And there's a way that we can call out to him, ask him to move and let him lift us out of our trial that brings him glory and lets people turn to him. Okay, so here's something that was so cool. I'd never thought about this before. Peter experienced this crazy miracle and he actually felt Jesus reach down and grab him. I don't think it's any coincidence that the first amazing miracle in the book of Acts done by one of the disciples, it's done by Peter. And let me just really quickly take you into this story. This is, this is so cool. Uh, this is Acts chapter 3. Verses one through seven, it says, one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Well, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I have, I give to you. Okay, friends, watch this. See what it reminds you of. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk, taking him 
by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly this man's feet and ankles became strong. Are you catching this? Are you, are you catching this profound truth? When Peter was in an impossible situation where he could not walk, he was sinking in water. The Bible says that Jesus reached out his hand and pulled him up to walk again. So that when Peter went in and saw a man in an impossible situation, he could not walk because he was lame. What did he do? He reached out his hand and he pulled this man up in the name of Jesus. And this man could walk. Oh, this is so awesome. Here is the truth. Through our trials, we are given upgrades to meet the needs of people in their trials. Through our trials of the past, we're given the upgrades to meet the future needs of others. Can I just tell you, that's why it's so important. It's not even just about you to meet Jesus in your trial. It's, it's for the sake of a hurting and broken and dying world that we need to go and get the upgrades because in the same way that Jesus meets you and helps you walk in the impossible, you're going to help others walk in the impossible. And man, this just brings me back to that passage that we started in James 1 where it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work. The trial you have produces something in you, and that's perseverance. It takes you from being just a, 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 a weak person that just can, can go on a tiny little sprint and is exhausted to making you a marathon runner in the kingdom. And then it says that perseverance finishes its work so that you might be mature. Can I just tell you, here's what I believe. I believe that God through this coronavirus crisis is taking the body of Christ in America and making us mature. You know, there's a big difference between immature people and mature people. Mature people look to the needs of others. And that's what we're learning to do in this crisis. Mature people are loyal, not just consumers. And, and as things are being stripped, I mean, the coronavirus is a pruning for us. We're having the chance to, instead of just being consumers, to say, no, I'm going to gather with my family. I'm going to gather with my spiritual family. And we are going to go deep in the Lord. And we are going to be the church that Jesus dreamed of. I, I, I think about mature people, mature people, they are focused and not easily distracted. And that's one of the things this, this coronavirus is doing. Like so many of our distractions, so many of our events and our social engagements and our activities, they're canceled. And it's a time, if you will, to focus. You see, let perseverance finish its work so that you might be mature, complete, not lacking anything. Yeah, it, it might feel like things are being stripped from us in this time. And I'm sure that Peter, as he walked with Jesus, he, he, he could feel things being stripped. He could, he could feel things being, being removed from his life. But in the end, when he went to another man that was in crisis, he could say, you know, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, 
I give to you. Men and women of God, the world is looking for Christians who aren't just consumers, who are not just looking to their own needs, who are not just wanting to take, but who have something to give. And I believe that as we go into this trial, this crisis, understanding it's an opportunity that we're going to come out mature, complete, not lacking anything. Can we just finish our time by having a moment of prayer? And you ask Jesus, what is the actual test? What is the actual trial that you're going through, through this coronavirus ordeal? Maybe it's a test of finances. Maybe it's a, a test of your family. Maybe it's a, a, a test of a mental battle, fear, anxiety, stress. Maybe it's a, a, a test. I don't know. I don't know what kind of test it is for you, but can I just tell you, go to Jesus in it. He wants to give you an upgrade. And then he's going to use what he gives to you in this moment to touch many others. Lord, I pray now for my friends. Let them actually rejoice in this test because they understand, oh, God is up to something. And he actually wants to give me something great in this moment. And this is going to be an upgrade for the rest of my life. Lord, we love you. You're so good to us. And we trust you in this time. God bless you. Stay tuned. We're so thankful to walk with you and believe that God is doing great things in your life.